Hi, this is Carl Palachuk, and welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by my very good friend, Amy Babichek. How are you, besides cold? I'm not cold. I like winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 42 degrees below zero, but you're inside, so it's all good. Uh, it's like 19, and we had fresh snow today, so it's beautiful. <sighs> 19. So in Celsius, that's what? A lot below zero? Minus... Uh, 15 or something like that yeah <laughs> see it's even colder in celsius so uh anyway so amy is a consummate entrepreneur and in addition to, to just owning a few different businesses which is one way to define entrepreneur amy also is always trying new things and figuring out what what the future looks like you know kind of looking ahead and saying, all right as it comes into focus what do I want to do with my business? And I think a lot of people in our industry are not entrepreneurs. They are technicians. They want to, you know, take this and fix that and install one of those. Uh, and the problem is that we are in an industry where everything changes all the time. I mean, I always use this analogy that our entire industry is built on shifting sand, right? And, and sometimes people act as if they can just do the same thing forever. And Amy never does that, so... I don't, you know what, it's, uh, it's my superpower and probably also my kryptonite, but, <laughs> but you know what, I heard, um, years ago, I heard Will Smith say something brilliant. He said, every morning he wakes up and says, what do I got to do to keep this going? And that's just like, you know, every once in a while you hear something in life that just like sticks with you. And that's right. one of the, one of those things, because that's literally what I do, but it's not like... I think I have to do the same thing every day to keep this going. It's like the world is moving. And like you said, the, the world that we're in is on shifting sands. And it's like, where, where, where do I have to be to keep this going? Right. And, you know, it's true of every industry. I mean, if you installed roofing or fixed tires or whatever, there's dramatic changes in technology all the time. Mm -hmm. But we're not in that industry, so we don't see it. Um, in our industry, it's just far more visible, right? The, the revs from one operating system to another. I have a handful of hard drives to my right that I'm about to go, you know, de-gauze. And it's just interesting to look at just in the few years how that storage technology has changed. And so, anyway, uh, let me talk a bit about, I, I think we're going to try to cover three topics here in 30 minutes. The first one is super short, but I want to make sure we get it in. And that is third tier, probably where you are best known, uh, other than the M Microsoft MVP community, third tier is probably where you're best known. So why don't you tell folks about that for anybody who hasn't heard of it? Well, third tier helps IT pros. That's all we do. So, you know, we're those people that you're, you know, your friend that you can call on when you get stuck on an issue that um, you're not sure how to proceed or you're just spinning your wheels, you've spent, you know, four hours on something that, you know, if you really, really knew what you were doing, if you really were somebody who worked in that area all the time, it could have been done in 30 minutes. That's what we do. We, you know, we make sure to get those little things done or to help you get over that hump where you're stuck so that you can keep on running. Because, you know, in this business, if you end up spending four hours on a 30 minute issue, you just lost money. Yeah. And so, awesome. so that's, that, that's, what, that's what we're for, and that's literally all we do is work for IT pros. 
Well, and I always tell the story of a few years ago, I had a client that had a problem with exchange and I was on jury duty. <laughs> and I didn't have any technicians at the time because I just started my second MSP. And so I put in a ticket in third tier and you know had a, an exchange uh, MVP fixed the problem in short order. So uh, yeah. I, I didn't have to go to the judge and say, hey, can I, can I get out of jury duty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do that kind of stuff too. And sometimes people call us to uh, cover a Merlot on vacation. So they'll be like, you know, nothing's going to go wrong, but I want to know you guys are there. So, and, you know, they still have to initiate the call to us, but they're like, you know, I'm going to be away. So, you know, can somebody be standing by in case I need you? And we're like, yeah, no problem. We got your back. Very cool. Uh, and there, what's the address for that? Uh, www.thirdtier.net. And those are words spelled out, T-H-I-R-D-T-I-E-R. All right, and we'll put the link down below. Good, right. so that was quick. So the second topic is on Sell My MSP, which is probably the single hottest topic in our industry today. <laughs> Certainly, I don't know whether Joe Panettiere started it all or if he just reports on it, but he, is, he has uh, shoveled coal onto the fires. <laughs> he reports on it every day, that's for sure, yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's in a slightly different market than we are. You know, our focus are the, the smaller end of the MSPs that want to be sold. And I think Channel E to E and, you know, those guys, you get the news of the, the larger ones, you know, multiples of revenue and, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And uh, we try to help out the little guy who's, you know, the one, two, three million dollar company that now he's put in 20 years and wants to retire. Right. And what are the numbers in terms of there can't be that many businesses that are in our industry worth 10 million, 20 million. Right. So there's it has to be that most of them are much, much smaller than that. Oh, yeah. It's not even our industry. Right. It's, it's consulting firms in general, which is what MSPs are. Most consulting firms and I would throw in, you know, lawyers, accountants, you know, just any kind of consulting service type business. They tend to range from one to maybe seven or nine people. That's the vast majority of, the, of what's out there. So, um, you know, if, if you think your business is small, you're in, you're in the pile with everybody else. It's just the size that tends to work best for this type of business. Right. So the website is sellmymsp.com. Mm -hmm. And you have some resources there. So why don't you walk yeah, through it? So so one of the, well, the, the most popular resource is, you know, figure out what your business is worth. And we've got a calculator on there and it's, it's free and there's not a string attached to it. It's just a web form and you fill it out and it instantly spits out the total. And, um, you know, we hope you, you might come and advertise with us someday. So we take ads from, from sellers and buyers, but we are starting to take a slightly different tact. And previously, you know, we were, were talking to a lot of sellers and, you know, wanted them to put their ad out on our, our website, but everybody wants us to keep it anonymous in the background, which we oblige and we do. Um, but I really think there's a need to get stuff out there. So, um, so our new tact that you'll start to see on the website are ads from buyers, people that are looking to buy uh, MSPs. 
And if you're looking to sell, you'll be able just to go find the buyer that matches you and click and call them. And so that's what uh, we're going to shift tactics a little bit and um, really expose the, the buyer side of things. Yeah, well, I can see why a seller would not want to let it be known to their employees and their their clients that yeah, they are selling their yeah, business. Yeah, it's a, it's a sensitive thing. You know, there are ways to keep that anonymous enough, you know, put your state, not your city, uh, you know, and anonymize that information until the NDAs get into place. Um, but, you know, sellers are understandably still really nervous about that. So, um, so you're going to start to see us expose the buyers on our website rather than the seller side. And you guys are not brokers. We are not brokers. Uh, we charge a flat fee for the advertising. And um, all we do is match. So we match the buyers and the sellers. And uh, you guys do your own deal. That way you're not paying a broker 10% of your what you sell your company for. Right. So this is like mspmatch.com. <laughs> So they have yes. those dating sites for farmers and different things. You're, you're just. We're, the, we're the, the dating site for sellers and buyers of MSPs. Pretty much, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and do you have buyers who are maybe not gargantuan, not 50 million, but they're looking to buy in three or four different geographic areas? Um, yeah. So we've got the national buyers, right? There's, there's actually a lot of those right now. Oh, really? Um, yeah, there are. There are, there are a lot of national buyers looking for small MSPs to, you know, to put their brand on. Um, and then there are, there are regional buyers and then there's local buyers. And um, I would say there isn't a decent sized market that doesn't have buyers trying to find someone to purchase. Right. And you sent me, we, we've exchanged some emails before this, and uh, you sent me a note about that, that the crazy, crazy multiples just don't work at the low end of the market, that we have to actually be worth our selling price. Yeah, I think that's true. So, you know, the, when you read in the news, right, it's a newsworthy sale. It's an unusual event that made the news. Somebody paid way too much for this MSP and they all laughed their way to the bank. Right. The reality is almost everybody sells for exactly what their business is worth and no more. Um, not some crazy multiple, you know, they sell it for, you know, somewhere around their annual revenue generally. And, um, and that's it. At the, the good side of that is, you know, you're not going to suddenly, you know, if you've got a $2 million firm, you're not going to get $10 million for it. On the other hand, you're going to get $2 million for it, and you're going to get it whether the, whether the MSP sales market is hot or it's normal. Right? So, so we're isolated from the crazy ups and downs because while they're doing that, we are selling for what we're worth. All the time, every day. <laughs> so, and how many, I mean, do you have any guess of how many businesses are for sale, MSPs are for sale across the U.S.? I do not. I do not know that number. Um, so, well, I don't uh, think anybody does. I'm just yeah. 
for a wild speculation. I, I, want yeah, a <laughs> I know. I can't even figure out how many MSPs are in the nation. I well, mean, there's that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking for that number the other day and um, I actually went to Channel EDE and they said there was 20,000. And I was like, well, I know that's off. That number needs at least another zero on it because right. um, my county that I live in, Oakland County, Michigan, has a um, has a, a user group, for lack of a better term, for technology firms in the county. They have over 2,000 members. So there are over 2,000 technology right. firms. Those are MSPs and other types of people in tech in my county. So there's way more than 20,000 in the nation. <laughs> right. Well, and I always look at what are some surrogate measures? You know, Microsoft used to say that they had 640,000 partners. Well, and a partner could be a programmer. It doesn't have to be, right. you know, an IT service provider. Um, and now I think they say it's over a million. But again, how many of those are just reselling Office 365 and they actually don't provide any consulting services whatsoever? So right. who knows? So that's kind of one measure. Uh, when I look worldwide, I think there's somewhere between half a million and a million IT professionals who do this at the small end of the business worldwide. Mm -hmm. But that's just my speculation. Um, it, it does help me stay humble that absolutely nobody knows who I am, right? My, my mailing list represents less than 1% of those people. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I saw that 20,000 number, I was like, well, wait a minute. Um, I quit counting at some point, but I, I've sold darn close to that many number of ransomware prevention kits between 2013 and 2018. Wow. And, um, but everywhere I go and mention it, no one's ever heard of it. So, <laughs> so obviously it's a tiny fraction of the market that's out there. Right. Well, it's funny because Dado just made a presentation at ASCII, and I can't remember where he got his numbers, but they just look at their own, you know, just, just the people that are using their products, and they have an estimate of what their folks are worth and how much they've sold and all that. So they've got their number, and ConnectWise has their number, and SolarWinds has their number, and TigerPaw, and you just, you know, pretty soon you add them up and say, okay, Mm -hmm. what percentage of people own a PSA or, you know, and right. so, anyway. Um, so the good news is there's lots of buyers. Um, and when you look at, at trying to get folks together, what, where's the low end where people should basically say, I'm too small to be bought or I'm too small to worry about this? I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there is one. So I can tell you that the smallest one that, that we know that's been sold through our service was $80,000. Wow. And it actually belonged to a developer who was like, I have this small group of, of clients that I'm doing MSP work for that I don't want. Do you think I can sell them? We were like, probably. <laughs> um, and he had them basically fully automated on recurring you know, everything, recurring licensing, recurring software, recurring service. And I think it was like two weeks and it was gone. I mean, because the smaller you are, the easier it is. I mean, your next door neighbor could snatch that up. Right. right? Exactly. 
It's like, hey, do you want do you want these six clients? Yeah, sure. <laughs> they make money. Awesome. I'll take them. Uh, you know, I have this odd approach to this business. Sometimes I sit in these meetings and I watch people up on the stage talking about this and this and this. And all I can think of is, man, I should go home and start another MSP business because there's so much money in this. I don't understand how people lose money in this industry. But anyway, that's a different story. Well, every anyone can have really poor business practices. <laughs> um I, I, you know, I, you, you sit in on some of these uh, Facebook groups and things and you see the churn that a lot of these companies have. And it's like, you know, I have an MSP as well, Harbor Computer Services, and we have very low customer churn. Um, and, you know, but you read some of these things in mailing lists and groups and, and you know, they're always landing a giant client and then, then they have massive churn in their company. And right. I think that's how you lose money. So, how much do you think we're affected by the fact that the MSP model is mature now and basically uh, most of the, most people who are hiring an MSP have hired an MSP before. And so, you know, 10, 10 years ago, you could have a lot of people that this was their first server, this was their first IT consultant. It, and it's probably not the case that there's many of those left. Um, you know, yeah. so that's mature. And then also, uh, if I hire somebody, they've probably worked for an MSP before, you right. know, rather than just coming in as a new technician. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think there's a problem actually. So I, in, um, last year, uh, it decided to add a couple more to try to, to grow Harbor. Right. And, you know, where we were, pretty happy seven person firm for a number of years and just kind of stayed there. And like I mentioned, very low churn. So we were just doing our thing and everybody was happy. And then we decided, uh, let's go, let's see if we can go to nine people. And it was pretty easy to do. It was pretty easy to get that business. But the, the curious thing was that I hadn't really been out talking to local customers in significantly in, in a while. And so last year was very eye opening because when I ha had, start when I was talking to customers back when nobody knew what an MSP was you had to explain it you had to go through this rigmarole blah 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 blah. it was a big deal this time I went out and it was the complete opposite scenario but it was still a problem and the new but the new problem was that everybody knew what an MSP was and they knew that you have a gold silver bronze plan and they just need for you to send it to them or come and present it to them so that they can compare it to the next guy's gold, silver, bronze plan. And so customers were all set up of, they know what an MSP is and they're out comparing prices. Right. Um, and so, and so the, the challenge then was to present yourself as really as something other than an MSP that has gold, silver, bronze so that you can be more unique and get them to actually listen to what you're telling them about your business and how you can help them rather than a straight comparison, which is what, when you first sit down at the table, that's what they're there to do. Right. Well, it's interesting because, you know, we all have these stereotypes of uh, whether it's millennials or, um, you know, baby boomers or whatever, we have those stereotypes. And when I think of MSP, I think of them as superheroes with capes that do amazing stuff and focus on preventive maintenance. 
But there's other people who look at it and say, no, you guys charge me every month and you don't do anything for me. And I don't know why, what I'm getting here. And I'm like, oh. yeah. so, you yeah. know, we're partly the uh, victim is the wrong word, but we're partly having to respond to somebody else coming in and educating a prospect on what a managed service provider does. Yes. Instead of us saying, no, 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 here's what my MSP business does. Yeah, well, you know, customers are always operating from imperfect information, right? They're not in this business. They know they have computers and a network and it needs to work. But they don't actually know how it works or what somebody <laughs> like us really does. Um, they just know they need to find a good one somehow, but they really don't know what to ask. So if somebody before you comes and presents their plans, the next person who comes in the door has to compare against those plans. And right. um, I mean, that's just the way it is because this is, this is a solid piece of information that they have. Here's a list of things and a price. And this, so that's, they feel comfortable the potential customer you're talking to feels comfortable hanging their head on that because it's something tangible that they can understand. Um, so how do you get started? How do you get your foot in the door and make a presentation and avoid handing them your price list? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, first off, I don't have a price list, so I don't have anything to actually hand them. Good. Um, we do not talk about, products at all. We really talk about services. We talk about their business. Um, and we really talk about how we can how we can help their business. We really don't talk about technology so much. You know, it's a, and I tell them it's like it's you know, I said on your list there, they're gonna they're gonna do a backup. They're gonna do antivirus. They're gonna, you know, be really, really fast. And they've got great people on staff that are amazing. And I said, every person who sits at this table with you has those things. So what makes us different than the rest, than, than all the other firms you're gonna to talk to? And it all eventually boils down to what our tagline is for, the, for, our, for Harbor. And that is, we care about your business. Everything that we do is about caring for our clients' business and making sure that their investment that they made in IT is actually making their company money. And that's the pitch that I bring to them. Very cool. Well, sadly, we're almost out of time, so I need to switch to our third topic, which <laughs> is um, you asked to talk about the presentation that you're doing at our uh, Small Biz Thoughts community meeting. Um, and it follows along with what we started with, which is that you're always looking to the future and so you're looking at what tech skills do we need looking forward? So uh, I'm assuming we need TCPIP and a screwdriver. <laughs> no more screwdrivers. <laughs> Forget the screwdriver. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that's happening in IT. And um, I've, you know, I'm like you mentioned earlier. I'm a Microsoft MVP. I have been now for I think it's 15 years. Wow. Um, in various products, I keep shifting around, and maybe that's what keeps my longevity going. But um, so I'm currently in Office 365, and um, so my I, I'm a Microsoft shop. I mean, I'm just Microsoft through and through. That's who I am, and I think most MSPs are. It, if we all boils down to it, it's like you're a Microsoft shop because 
Microsoft's the biggest company out there and you, you got to hit your wagon to somebody. And so, um, so what's, what Microsoft is doing, if their cloud stuff is really turning IT on its head, the work that we did and the way that we did things and the way that we're going to have to do things is completely upside down. Let me give you an example. If you have a server, um, you set up a file, so a file, file server, right? This is where you're gonna store all the corporate data. We start off with a top level folder and um, you know, we always used to set them up in the SBS style, whether we, it was an SBS server or not, right? We had this top folder called company. And sometimes we named it the company, sometimes we left it called company. And underneath that top folder was every, every file folder that the company had. All of their data was underneath there. And then we set permissions on those folders on down the line. What's happening now is that um, the way that, that, that Microsoft is thinking about storage today is very decentralized. There is no more central place where you go to that you look at and say, here's my data. It starts at company and all my folders are underneath it. Your data is, is in OneDrive, it's in SharePoint, it's in Teams, it's in every application that the client uses that's in the cloud. Some of those are in the Microsoft ecosystem. Some of those are in somebody else's cloud. So you've got your data really spread across networks now where we didn't have that before. And so what Microsoft has done is um, through uh, Azure Information Protection is what's kind of the umbrella name for this now. So instead of saying the data has to, it gets protected based on where it's located, what they're doing is putting the security for the data in the document itself. So if I create a Word document, that document gets a certain classification, which represents its security level, and tells it exactly where what permission that document has. And it doesn't matter where that document goes. I can save it on my personal computer. I can save it on my phone. I can save it in somebody else's cloud. I could save it in Google. That permission still goes with that file. So your files never lose their security no matter where they go. Uh, but that means that the IT professional has to understand this whole new dynamic of how to secure the environment. That we have to set up that framework and then we have to train the users because it's no longer the admin dictating what the security is going to be. It's we're setting up the framework of the security based on the way the business operates. And then we have to train the users on how to function in that framework and adhere to those security policies. So that seems like a bit of a challenge given that users will say, oh, it's much easier for me to put it in my personal Dropbox or my USB key, or I'll just bring in a hard drive and store it there. Well, that's the deal, right? So then that can happen and that is happening. And the way that that is combated is this method because the security stays with the file. So whether I put it in my personal Dropbox, my Gmail account, AWS, OneDrive, SharePoint, uh, an external USB drive. My True, security the, the security stays with the document, yep. but I may not be able to access that document if it's in your Dropbox. Ah, but I, as the admin, can remove the rights from that document and it no longer opens because each of those documents calls home to renew that security key. And if it can't, it no longer opens. 
if it's if I revoke my side of the key, the file no longer opens. So it's it's kind of sounds like Microsoft has turned the entire cloud into OneNote, where <laughs> no one knows where anything is stored, but if you do a, the right search, you'll be able to find it. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you want to train your people to store stuff where you want them to store it, but acknowledging that that isn't always happening and it's happening less and less and less, this is a, this is a way to combat it. Right. And um, it's also an acknowledgement that your data is not all in one place anymore. So there's lots of new skills to learn. That's just one example of what I've got in my presentation. So, so is this a skill that you look for in, a, in hiring a technician or is this a skill you must now train your technicians to have? Um, well, that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> so I, I, I told you one piece of, of great advice that stuck with me from, from Will Smith, who, you know, I don't know Will Smith. He just happened to give me this great advice over the television. But um, another, another piece of great advice that I, that I got was, um, and this is actually in my presentation as well, so uh, you're getting a little preview here today. Uh, uh, one of my fellow IT pros that I have very much respect for, and he doesn't even remember telling me this, said, just because you have a lion team a juggler and a trapeze art in the pseudopiscus. <laughs> if, there's, if there's no market for circus in right. the neighborhood, um, it, having these people on your staff is not going to help you one bit. So that's the question. You, you know, who's in your circus? Do you have the right people there or do you need to replace them with new people? And that's a decision you're going to have to make because this technology is changing wildly. Right. Well, you know, a uh, year before last, I did the big roadshow on cloud services. And one of my messages at the end of that was that we're entering an era where all of your data could be lost forever and it'll be in the cloud, some cloud somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but if nobody knows where it is and nobody's documented it and nobody's keeping track of it, it is yep. gone. So the good news that you're telling me is at least nobody will be able to access it. But if I, the owner, can't access it, I still have the, I'm still out of business, basically. So right. uh, we do need to go to new prospects and say, this brave new world is beautiful and delightful, but it has some dangers that we need to address. And if your IT person isn't addressing them, mm -hmm. then you need to come and talk to us. Yeah. You know, what's really distressing is the very foundational item is going by the wayside. Backup. Yes. And it's like, it's, I don't know what, what my fellow IT peers are thinking, but just because you moved somebody's data off the server to the cloud doesn't mean you have to stop backing it up. It's, it's right. like, it, you know, what, what happened to the idea that you want to be able to recover the file from six months ago that vanished somehow? You know, um, it's just because you moved it to the cloud, the cloud isn't backing up for your purposes. They're backing up for their own continuity of business purposes. Um, right. And you also, you're always going to have the case of, I changed this Excel spreadsheet in July and I got rid of something I now need to run a report. And so I have to get, I have to get the June version of it back. Yeah. Right. Last night's doesn't do me any good. The six versions that are on the cloud don't do me any good. Right. <laughs> I got to yeah. go back, you know, a long ways. Exactly. And in, in 
you know, we get those calls at the end of the year every year. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, so that's, well, what, that's, that's, that's when it happens. You know, I only use this file at tax season. You know, I've got this whole spreadsheet and I can't find it anywhere. You know, can you get it back for me? Right. Um, and, you know, if you, um, you know, using Microsoft as the example, their backup is 15 days. Um, that doesn't do right. any business any good. Like 15 days, if somebody, you know, goes on vacation, comes back, poof, there's 15 days. Well, I know uh, if I live long enough, I will redo everything I've ever done. But, you know, 99% of my old, you know, documentation on how to do a backup is still relevant. Um, and because what we need is you have to decide how many points of time you want to go back to. And I'm a huge fan of end of month snapshot that, that I have an offsite backup of all of my data for finance and legal purposes. And it, I literally have it stored in a file cabinet with the financial records. Mm -hmm. And so that used to be a tape and then it became a disc, but uh, I don't want to say, Oh, it's on cloud 437. You know, I just copied it from this cloud to that cloud. That doesn't do me any good. Somebody's got to actually be able to, you know, recover that data. And uh, I don't think we're away from a physical backup, uh, in my opinion. Well, yeah, it, the physical backup is, is important. Um, keeping it in some other cloud is also important. It doesn't do you any good to back it up to the same cloud. I mean, if something right. happened to that cloud, you want your backup to be in a different cloud. That's just part of business continuity. Those principles are still there, but it's it's like there's a mental block when it, you know, you used to back up the exchange server. Now you're putting the mail on somebody else's exchange server and you're not backing it up anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so sadly, we are out of time. So uh, we'll have to pick three more topics and do this again in a few weeks. Sounds good. So in the meantime, I will see you in Atlanta at uh, the big show, the SMB community meeting. Uh, and I'm assuming you're going to stick around for Channel Pro. I am. And then I will see you. Will you are you going to CompTIA? I'm not going to CompTIA, but I'm going to ITO Compass, and I'm going to do your show in Chicago at the same time. So, yeah, so ITO Compass. So uh, we will put a link to that as well now that you've mentioned it. So very cool. Well, thank you for being with us. I always appreciate having you here. Thank you.